my son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Welcome to the Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. Today's poll question at Smirconish.com, do you support that part of the Inflation Reduction Act that will give the IRS $45.8 billion for enforcement? Headline from the Washington Post right before the passage, Democrats' $80 billion wager, a bigger IRS will be a better IRS. Then again, the Wall Street Journal editorial described it as the IRS about to go into beast mode, noting that the $80 billion is more than six times the current annual budget of the IRS. Here's the issue. The bill known as the Inflation Reduction Act will put $80 billion toward beefing up the IRS in line with liberals' long-term goals to strengthen tax collection and enforcement on corporations and high-income earners, while relieving low-income taxpayers of cumbersome and frightening audits, so they say. Some of the additional revenue will go to pay for the largest ever U.S. investment in clean energy technology. That we've already discussed. The idea is that the government could bring in more money by examining corporate and high-income returns than it does by pursuing lower- or middle-income taxpayers who make mistakes on their returns or underpay their taxes by small amounts. The IRS in recent years has grown more dependent on those type of audits because they are relatively inexpensive. They are automated. And they preserve the agency's limited personnel resources, but they also mostly fall on taxpayers who can't afford to fight back by spending hours on the phone with the tax agency or hiring lawyers. Those who are soon to be targeted by our, the IRS obviously are the ones who have the means of of best protecting themselves and their income. Something I didn't realize, more than half of the IRS's exams in 2021 were of taxpayers with incomes of less than $75,000. On this subject, Nina Olson is the executive director of the Center for Taxpayer Rights and joins me now. Nina, thanks so much for being here. Hi, how are you? Tell me first about the Center for Taxpayer Rights so that so that folks can evaluate whatever you're about to tell us in the context of what you do for a living. So we um, focus on taxpayer rights and the protection of taxpayer rights in the United States and, you know, in the world. And we work with tax administrations, tax professional groups, tax representatives, we um, provide support to low-income taxpayer clinics in the United States who represent low-income taxpayers in disputes and audits and collection matters before the IRS. And we just generally try to ensure that um, 
you know, taxpayer rights are protected at the federal and state level. The Center for Taxpayer Rights, did your organization take a position on that part of the Inflation Reduction Act that's going to give the IRS the $80 billion? Well, what I've been focusing on as the executive director is how that money is going to be spent. When I, Before I became the executive director of the Center for Taxpayer Rights, I was the national taxpayer advocate for 18 years, you know, leading an organization in the IRS that helped taxpayers solve their problems with the IRS. And as far back as 2006, I recommended to Congress that the IRS be given, you know, dedicated um, multi-year funding in order to tackle, tackle some of the challenges that it was seeing, you know, antiquated technology, poor training of its employees, reduced staffing on both the customer service side and, you know, the compliance side, the audits and the collections. So, you know, this has been a problem that's been going on for a while. And um, I just have continued to speak to that point. So the organization didn't say, hey, we're for it and here's why? Um, no, I have personally said that, that you know, I am for it and I can speak for the organization that we support additional funding for the IRS. But again, I have said we need to know how that money is being spent. Um, on the customer service side, on the taxpayer service side, you know, the IRS is doing such a poor job, partly for the pandemic. But I think the pandemic itself has just exacerbated problems that were already existing in terms of low staffing, inability to answer the calls that were coming in, you know, slowness in processing mail, in resolving taxpayer account issues, um, things like that. You know, the IRS works relatively well, you know, when there's no problem with a return, but when there's the slightest problem with a return, you get stuck in this system where a live human being has to look at a return. And if you don't have enough employees to look at the returns and get them free and move on into the process, you know, a refund can be delayed for months and under the pandemic, you know, for even years. And so that's, I want to know what that money is on the customer service side of this bill is going to go for on the, you know, on the enforcement side, you know, I think that treasury has been very clear that they're trying to focus on, high-income, you know, multinational corporations, um, offshore accounts, things like that. Um, And, you know, what I want to see is, are they going to do some innovations and audit, you know, low-income taxpayers less, do more education and outreach to educate people about a very complex provision, you know, the earned income credit, the child tax credit, provisions like that that affect everyone and are complicated. And, you know, auditing people out the wazoo for those issues isn't going to solve the underlying complexity of it, and it's better to do outreach and education um, on that field. So we'll Should, have to see. And I've, you know, I've been asking for greater transparency on what precisely they're going to use the money for. Nina, should there be a, a correlation, a relationship between how much a person earns or a company earns and the uh, risk or likelihood, maybe a better word, that they will be audited? I think that that's, you know, I think that what most people will say, and I certainly think, is that in every part of the taxpaying population, you need to have some kind of what I would call a compliance presence. And as the risk gets greater, and risk meaning that you might have a risk of, of criminal activity, 
um, you, or refund fraud, you know, or identity theft, you know, you need to look close in those areas. In areas where there's a risk that you don't have a lot of visibility on the income, like in offshore, then you may have to have a higher, you know, audit, you know, audit more people there to have an impact. Um, it, in some areas, it may be that you don't need to audit very much because it has a big ripple effect. You know, people hear about it and they change their behavior. And those are the kinds of things that, you know, a modern tax agency needs to study constantly to think about what are the best uses of your resources. I'd also say, that, you know, audits are sort of the most resource-intensive kind of thing. There are lots of other things you can do, like soft notices with certain populations where you send a notice saying, look, you know, we've noticed something on your return. Um, we had questions about it. You're about to file your next year's return. Be very careful. And that kind of notice for certain populations can really change behavior. And you don't need to, for the price of a stamp, you get a change of behavior rather than an audit. And all of that goes into the mix. Um, you know, I, so I think, you know, it really depends on the type of income and how visible it is, the types of transactions you're auditing, whether you need to use an audit or other kinds of approaches. The Washington Post, in their coverage of this issue, had a, a chart that I'm looking at that explains the IRS exams by income range. It points out that more than half of the IRS's exams in 2021 were of taxpayers with incomes of less than $75,000. In other words, in the no income to $75,000 figure, 51%. If you earned between 75 and 200,000, 26% of the exams they conducted were in that realm. When you get to the very high end of more than 10 million, 4.8% of the audits were in that category. I found it surprising. And then I said, well, geez, what would I have expected it to be? I guess I would have expected it to be weighted more toward the wealthy. I don't know that that's the proper outcome, but what thoughts do you have as to the distribution of exams that they've been doing? Well, you know, I, there are a couple things. One is when you're just looking at the number of audits that are done for 10 million, or the number of people who make over 10 million are very much less than the number of sure. people who make, you know, 75,000 or below. I do think that those numbers are disproportionately skewed to the low income, and part of that is because, or the moderate income, because those are easy audits to do. You're looking at, you know, whether the person's claimed the right child on a return. They do them by correspondence. It's totally on paper. If you call the IRS to talk to someone about this so-called audit, most people, we did a research study one year that found that 25% of the taxpayers audited audited for the earned income credit, didn't even know they were under audit when they got the IRS audit notice. They didn't understand what it was telling them. And 75% of them didn't understand what they were supposed to do. So they got the wrong answer, probably, because they didn't know what they were supposed to do when you do that by correspondence. But they're cheap. And the IRS, when its resources are strained, you know, it puts its resources on the cheap stuff. The audits of the 10 million and above are really complicated audits. You need highly skilled auditors. They take time. And I think that's where the erosion of the IRS over the years has been. And I will also say that, you know, because the IRS has, you know, been, you know, done some really stupid things, you know, with with ID.me and, and the 501 C4 Tea Party debacle from 
2013. You know, it's been bashed a lot. And so you don't get the really talented people wanting to come in. And all of that means that taxpayers are harmed. You know, they're they're not they're not getting the quality service that they need. And the audits are not necessarily being done in the areas that they need to be done. To the Wall Street Journal, this is a case of the IRS about to go into a beast mode. They point out that uh, the Manchin and Schumer package includes $80 billion for new funding for the tax man, as we've been discussing. And the Democrats claim this quote-unquote investment will yield more than $200 billion in revenue. And the argument they make is, well, where do you go if you're going to want to collect $200 billion? You're going to go to the wealthiest of Americans. Well, I mean, I think that that's where they're trying to shift it is the part of the just you were just showing the audit numbers that, you know, a lot of the research shows that there's a fair amount of money left on the table that requires hard work to find um, because these are, you know, and so whether it's corporations or, you know, wealthy Americans or people who are, you know, an obligation to pay the IRS, but they're not in the United States. Um, these are very difficult things to find. The other thing that that is really important in that bill is funding for the systems modernization. Um, you know that the IRS has such archaic systems that are back to the '60s and the '70s, and that affects taxpayers getting access to their information. People, you know, people being at the IRS employees being able to give answers to taxpayer questions when they can't see the data that the IRS has because the systems are so antiquated. Um, so it also means that the IRS may be in using, in selecting a taxpayer to audit because they don't have a 360 degree view of the taxpayer information that it has among dispersed among 60 case management systems that it's, it's, auditing the wrong person. You know, it's missing the person it should audit or the business it should audit. And it's auditing a person that does, won't have any change at the end of the audit, but has gone through this really excruciating process. So there's real reason to put a big investment in the IRS on the technology side, because it harms taxpayers if you don't do that. I think that's a great um, point. In terms of, yeah. And in terms of the return on investment, I mean, however you calculate it, a dollar invested in the IRS brings more than a dollar back. And um, most of the time when you're calculating this, uh, you know, for audits, they say a return on investment of four to one. Um, now, you know, that may differ depending on the type of audit that you're doing. But I think it is tr- it's very much true that, you know, a dollar invested in the IRS brings back a, more than a dollar. So, but N- Nina, isn't um, there isn't there a diminishing return when you are auditing the wealthiest among us because they are the ones armed with the accountants and the lawyers, not those who comprise the 51 percent earning seventy five thousand dollars a year or less? Well, and I think that's sort of part of the point is that. For some part, you know, I always look at tax compliance as a continuum. You have people at the very beginning who are very risk adverse and will often under, you know, overpay tax because they just don't want the IRS in their lives. At the whole other end of that spectrum is somebody that is actually engaging in criminal evasion activity. And then there's the in-betweens where somebody may have made a mistake. And if you just point out to them the mistake, they will correct it and they will never make that mistake again. 
Then there are others that, you know, really are looking at actively avoiding tax and participating in, you know, organizing their affairs, whether they're corporations or they're individuals, so that they, you know, they are on the cutting edge of stuff. They're very risk takers and they're banking on not being caught and, and they're not necessarily criminal, but they are really cutting cutting the edge. And at that point, you know, you may need to keep people like that under audit periodically. And so the diminishing returns are you may not be able to expect that one audit is going to fix that behavior. You know, that's part of their behavior. And so you have to have an audit strategy that, that you know, comes back periodically or checks those returns to see whether or not you're actually seeing the same behavior. Sum up. And Nina so Olson. Diminishing, go ahead. I was going to say, Nina Olson is the executive director of the Center for Taxpayer Rights. We're, we're focused on the $45.6 billion for enforcement. What is it that you most want people to know about that? Well, I think that what people need to know or what people need to ask is how precisely is that money being used? You know, what are they planning to do with that? Who are they? What parts of the population are they planning to go after? What parts does artificial intelligence and technology bring in? How are they going to hire these people? You know, things like that. You really want to know how the IRS is planning to utilize um, that investment. Um, And then you can make a judgment on whether it's a wise investment or not. There's very clearly a tax gap and particularly for wage earners whose income is reported to the IRS and the IRS knows every penny and, you know, taxes are taken out of it, you want to know that the IRS is touching other parts of the population that don't have that automatic withholding taken out. Nina, thank you so much. That was great. No, I wonder, it's a complicated subject, and I think you did a great job in summarizing it, and I'm very appreciative. Thank you. Thank you for that. Nina Olson is the executive director of the Center for Taxpayer Rights. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. 
my son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124 and on the SXM app. From the Washington Post background on the IRS funding, Congress and the White House when led by Republicans, have starved the IRS of resources for so long, experts say that even with an influx of $80 billion in new funding, the agency's ability to transform itself is far from assured. Some of its main computers still run on programming language that dates to the 1960s called COBOL. The IRS has repeatedly told policymakers the program is so old that college computer science courses rarely teach it anymore, forcing the IRS to spend heavily on training new hires in antiquated systems. The IRS has 60 discrete case management systems that do not communicate with one another. Uh, Harry is L.A. based and checking in on this issue. Harry, you work in a staffing firm. Do tell. Yes. So. Michael, I work in a staffing firm that does a lot of temporary employees. Here in L.A., a lot of temporary employees. Uh, I run the whole thing. I noticed that all these employees, when they fill out their W-4, a lot of them, maybe 5%, fill out exempt. So what happens is they don't get federal income tax taken out of their paychecks. They keep it all. What happens is the IRS is so backed up. These people probably don't fill out tax returns like we all do at the end of the year. They, The IRS fills out a return for you if you don't do it because they get the information from the employer. I get garnishments for these people from tax years four or five years ago. And it's coming up to tens of thousands of dollars of these people that don't fill out tax returns. And no one that makes Okay, but if but if you're if their wages exempt. are if their wages are being garnished, they're not getting away with it, or are you saying it takes too no, long to I'm catch not. up? But yeah, it takes too long to catch up. I'm talking and they're gone by then. Oh, yeah, it says, it says, it literally says 2018, 17, 16. They're gone by them, and the IRS now is so backlogged, they're chasing them around trying to find them at different employers to garnish their pay. And I'm sure that the, like, the, wor- the word oh, is no, out. All you need to do is write down exempt, and then that employer in a short term doesn't take the taxes, and they're, 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 they're three jobs on by the time you know they catch up with them. Yeah, and they see the IRS knows all this money. I mean, I understand they're going after the big, the big people, but you have one person that owes $20,000. Now multiply that by the amount of people that do this in the United States. It's right. billions. Right. Yeah, good insight. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's it's like government generally. I, I know I, I worked in the federal government for a two-year time period in, on the Bush 41 watch, and the government is always behind the curve on the latest in especially technology. Yeah, and you know, that's why I think on your poll question, you see that it's going towards the people that don't care. It's because people like me, like you, most of the people in this country pay taxes and they don't have to worry about that. Right. Yeah. Good observation. Hey, what, what's the, what, what are you seeing in the hiring environment generally? Not the IRS aspect of it, but huge, 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 what? huge. What, the, tell me um, just hiring everywhere. I can't tell you our company has exploded triple, triple business 
in a year and a half since people started going back after probably about six months when COVID started. Massive hiring. Massive. Right. right. I mean, Massive. I know we're, we're essentially at full employment, but are people, maybe the expansion of your business is because, yes, people are back to work, but also because there's such turnover that people aren't staying long term in jobs the way they used to. Well, what happened was when we went up to 11%, all those, all those employers now, when they started hiring again, couldn't handle 200 resumes when they right. were getting three for a normal job. But what is happening now is it's starting to slow down because we're at full employment. And now what it's, what's, what's hard is finding the good people to put in jobs because a lot of them now have gotten their jobs back. Totally get it. All right. Good luck, Harry. Thank you. I appreciate your insight. Right. Hey, now. Hey, now. Exactly. Uh, a term of endearment for those who know. This is the Smirconish Podcast from SiriusXM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials program. The world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124 and on the SXM app. Uh, Let me see where we're going next. I'm going to Don in Salt Lake City, Utah, who went through a brutal audit a decade ago. What was that all about, Don? Well, my my accountant had taken a double deduction on my mileage versus my auto repair. And that that triggered it? Oh, that triggered it big. And and they went deep like seven. It started with four, ended up going back seven. It was over a three-year period of time. Talk about a lack of sleep, and all it came up with was about thirty-two hundred. That was including the uh, the penalties, which I paid instantly. But my opinion is, is what they've done here is they've unleashed, like the last gentleman said. There's a lot of people that owe twenty grand. You can't collect twenty grand from people that don't have any money. So you can go after them all you want, 
But if they're, if they're going to give you $10 a month or 50 bucks a month and just keeps accruing, all they did was kind of light up the middle class and then let the wealthy go because, as we talked about earlier, the wealthy have a stack of people in front of them like a Donald Trump who never gets touched and fights for 10 years. And so those people, they won't collect anything from those guys because they've, they've got fortitude of good bookkeepers or people that can fight their battle. Right. And there's then there's a there's a diminishing rate of return with the wealthy for exactly. She said there's a four to one ROI generally. I'll bet it's less. This is counterintuitive. Like you might think, oh, you go off there. No, no, no. The wealthy are ready to defend themselves. Yep. And the poor can't. They just they just go into debt and and the IRS, they're not going to collect their money back. They're just going to agonize somebody's life for 20 years for not being able to make enough money because there's people trying to put bread on their table. And so the, the Democrats, which, you know, I, I think Donald Trump is such an evil entity on this, this, this planet and on this America. But, I mean, the Republican Party at times got a lot to say right because the Democratic Party likes to grow a government without any kind of explanation where billions go. And it's starting to frustrate me. I said yesterday that uh, thank you, Don. I said yesterday that if this if this had come up for a vote uh, after the execution of the search warrant, the raid at Mar-a-Lago, it might have had a different outcome. I mean, there might have been, because there's such concern in the country today about government overreach, I think if Mar-a-Lago had happened, and I might be wrong, but, but, but perhaps the stakes would have been different for Mansion and Cinema. And there's also uh, this story, and I linked to it today, a uh, story that's getting attention in conservative quarters, not so much in progressive media. I went with the town hall coverage talking about how the IRS has pulled down a job posting that had, as a requirement, carrying a firearm. You've got to be comfortable in carrying a firearm and, if necessary, using deadly force. You can just imagine how that wigs out, folks, the idea that the IRS is now looking for you know armed agents. The Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. Listen to Michael Smirconish live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee.